Welcome back to the town of Acacia Grove, where the people, like most of us, always have something going on. There's a famous quote by Nelson Mandela that says, the greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. The stories you're going to hear from some of the Acacia Grove residents speaks to this quote. So sit back and listen to Scenes from Life. Let me start by saying I've been clean and sober for 1,825 days. And it's been a long road to redemption. But as we say in Narcotics Anonymous, I'm taking it one day at a time. I won't spend my time telling you how I started using drugs. I want to share my journey out. I woke up one day after a night of drinking and snorting coke in the ICU of a local hospital. My man James, who I've known since freshman year in college, were heading home after hanging out with the boys and I must have nodded off and the car crossed the medium and crashed into the Jersey wall. I don't remember anything about the accident only waking up in ICU hooked up to a respirator with broken bones, cuts, bruises, and a dead friend. James just found out he was about to become a father for the first time. So I decided we needed to celebrate with the fellas and a few drinks. So, we headed to one of the local spots in downtown Arcacia. You can always be sure to find a good time in downtown Arcacia. I didn't intend for James' night out with the fellows to end with him dead. Me laying in ICU and his wife's life turned into a living hell when she should have been celebrating one of the happiest times of her life. Dealing with the reality of it all was hard enough, but it got even worse when Naomi, James's wife, was finally able to visit me. There was no forgiveness in her eyes, no forgiveness in her words, and no forgiveness in her heart. She blamed James for not calling for the ride, but she faulted me the most because I was the one driving at the time of the accident. I told Naomi I was so sorry, and if I could take it all back, I would, and I promised to be there for her and James' child. And her response was, I don't ever want to see you again. Man, that ripped into me almost as bad as James' death. 
Naomi was like a little sister to me. I've known her almost as long as I've known James. Well, I finally healed enough to be discharged and formally charged with driving under the influence, possession, and the use of illegal narcotics and first-degree manslaughter charges in the death of James. I guess I should have told you. I'm into the fifth year of a 20-year sentence for the death of my man, James. I've had nothing but time on my hands to reflect on my life and the life-altering mistake I made. I spend most of my time in the library reading, of all things, the Bible. I only started reading it out of a form of sarcasm because I couldn't understand how a loving God could have allowed such a horrible thing to happen. However, the more I read, the more questions I had, which led me to attend chapel service. Each sermon left me intrigued and wanting to learn more about the one it said who has the power to save, deliver, and heal. So, I wasn't surprised when I found myself in Bible study class with the chaplain. The more I studied, the more I wanted to know. The more I started to understand the easier it was for me to cope. Eventually, the weightiness of the guilt I was carrying was gone. Serving time in jail for killing your friend while under the influence has a way of sobering a person up, but only the word of God allows you to stay that way. During my journey, I reached out to Naomi several times with no luck. So, I will continue to pray that she finds in her heart to one day forgive me. Although James' son was born before my incarceration, I wasn't allowed to see him. My mother, who has kept the lines of communication open with Naomi, sends me updated pictures of James Jr. regularly. He looks more and more like his dad with each passing year. I can't begin to tell you how it saddens me to know James Jr. life has been drastically altered due to the choices I and his father made. Yes, I've since come to understand James played a part and his fate too. But nonetheless, his son will never know his father and doesn't know me, the man his dad intended to be his godfather. That fateful night, James asked me to be the godfather. I said yes without any really understanding of what the role really meant. I don't think James did either. For me, it was just a title that would behold me to a few dollars spent and a few outings here and there. Well, now that I've come to learn the Lord, it holds a deeper, 
more serious meaning for me. One day, I hope to meet James Jr. and ask for his forgiveness. Facing 20 years in jail will definitely sober an addict up real quick. But the day I said to the Lord, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. His words has continued to sustain me. This concludes today's episode of Scenes from Life from Deborah and Dana Presents. Thank you for listening. We value your feedback, so please make sure that you comment, follow, subscribe, and definitely share with others. And make sure you stay tuned for when the next episode drops. It's going to be good.